0: All right. Thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: Yeah, I'm excited.
0: Yeah. So I always hate this question. I say that every episode, but not, I mean, I guess probably most people actually do know you that listen, because there's only like 10 people that listen to this pretty regularly. (laughs) But um, for those of you, hopefully, who are new to the podcast, if there are any new listeners, um, it is probably good that you introduce yourself. So... Claire yep.
1: <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> and you are Olivia's like best friend from when you guys were little.
1: growing up yeah, yeah.
0: so anything yeah. else that I mean anything else that people should know about
1: you oh I don't know um,
0: you're not in school anymore not
1: in working. school I'm working
0: working what do you do for work
1: I work at the INL
0: which is
1: the national laboratory here?
0: The nuclear one. The
1: nuclear La- national laboratory. Yep.
0: Do you do anything with nuclear? I can't tell you that.
1: No, really? Is I your really, job really no, classified? No. <laughs> 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 no, I just like to say that to make it sound cooler. But I, I don't. I do. It sounds cool, but I do the boring stuff of okay. the cool at the cool place. So. I
0: feel like half of Idaho Falls works at the lab.
1: They just reached like six thousand employees. Holy so, And most cow. of them are like in the area. There's very few that are. Out of state so yeah
0: yeah so what do you do out there
1: I help with contracts so whenever they hire like outside people to do things mm-hmm. I help do the contract which sounds very legal it's not super legal
0: does it require a lot of reading
1: yes and you have to be pretty detail oriented like you have to catch have you gotten like things. pretty
0: good at speed reading
1: no. like do you read fast no
0: because I read so slow I feel I... like I feel like I read it probably if I had to guess like, maybe a fourth grade level. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> like, it's bad. Um, I, I, like, still sound stuff out.
1: Well, I... <laughs> like, oh, boy. I'm just kidding. Actually, we but were just talking really. about this. It's good that you can actually do that, though. A lot of people can't do that anymore. Someone, what do you mean? I had a teacher friend that was saying that...
0: People can't sound stuff out? she was
1: testing... She teaches, like, first grade, and she was testing their, like, learning process on some adults, and, like, some of her friends that are adults couldn't sound words out. Like, we're, how, I think people they, just get used to read? memorize. I don't know.
0: How did they learn how to read?
1: I don't know. I think it's just been a long time, so they forgot.
0: They forgot how? Yeah. What, what, what an O sounds like?
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's like, it was kind of scary. And I'm like, yeah, that's a little bit worrisome.
0: Yeah. So. I mean, that shocks me, but that also doesn't really shock me, because yeah. I know kind of where I read. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and I feel like, I'm like, eh. I mean, I'm dumb, but I'm not like, no, not like that dumb. And I'm like, well, I mean, if there yeah. are people that are dumber than me, then... I mean that's the uh, next step.
1: No, yeah. I thought I was a fast reader until well, I talked to Olivia about how many books she reads and Dude, I was like, she, I can She like read looks at the fast. page
0: and she's like flip. Flip.
1: Yeah. I flip. did learn like how to speed read not, I'm like, in you're college. You're not
0: reading. That's what I always tell. I'm like, you're not actually. You're <laughs> just reading. kind of
1: looking at the page. You
0: just like to tell people you read a lot of page, a lot of books really, it's really fast, real. and it's not real at all. You don't. That I, makes me
1: feel better. She's but, just faking it. Yeah,
0: but unfortunately, that's not true. Because then she'll be like, "No, this is what it she'll said," tell you, and, yeah, and then I'll go the through details. it and I'll take my ten minutes to read the page real quick, mm-hmm. and then she'll be like, "I'll be like, yeah, you're, I guess you're yeah. right." Then,
1: no, I've, I've recently <laughs> come to the realization that I am a slow reader. Really? Yeah. I did I did learn to speed read in college, but it ta- it's very exhausting. Like it takes a lot of work and focus to do it.
0: So wait, are you a slow reader because you just don't read a lot or do you just, do you no, feel like you're I think just. I am
1: just I'm naturally slow. <laughs> I don't, or maybe it's like the way that I'm imagining it in my head. Like so I it. like to really imagine, which I think everyone does. So again, maybe <laughs> I'm just slow at that part too, but. I'm really picturing it in my head and like how they're saying it and what they're doing while they're saying it. And so maybe that I like to, maybe I <laughs> I'm telling myself that this, <laughs> this right. to make me feel better, but I'm, I'm slow cause I'm really imagining it and really taking it all in and absorbing it all. So Okay. Okay. We'll go with that.
0: So how much do you actually read them?
1: Quite a bit. Okay. Um, not your one book a week. I wish okay. I could do that. Yeah. Maybe that'll be a new year goal, but Um, probably like one or two books a month, I would say at least.
0: Has that been like always, have you always read that much? I
1: used to read more. I used to read a lot more. Yeah.
0: Like when you were in high school, college? Yeah.
1: Like ever since I was little, I've been a big reader and I read a ton. That was always like my best grade. And my teachers quickly figured out, you know, I don't know if you ever did this, but we always in a lot of grades growing up, we had to read a certain amount a day or something and then have our parents sign off. And Quickly, yeah, just, my teachers I just lied. Okay, well, <laughs> I was like, yeah, my teachers, I'm right. my teachers would think that I was lying because I would write down how much I was reading. But after like the first couple days of school, they figured out quickly that I was telling the truth. So really, mm-hmm. yeah, I used to read a lot more, but I still read a decent amount, and I'm in a book club.
0: Nice. So we, I,
1: That's an additional book a month sometimes. Okay. Um, so yeah.
0: who fostered that reading, that love for reading for you? Was that your parents, or is that just um, something that you just naturally picked up?
1: I think it was mostly natural I mean my my parents were good at helping me learn how to read like I learned pretty young Mm -hmm. um so yeah they were very supportive of that but they were I don't know I don't really picture them reading (laughs) when I think about where that comes from I feel like it was natural
0: okay yeah that's cool yeah and then what kind of books do you typically read is it going to be books like the last lecture that we're talking about today? Is this um, like your go-to book?
1: No, I'm pretty... I read quite a few books. Like You more non- or, non-fiction? Sorry. Both. Or, kind okay. of, kind all of all balanced. over the place. Fiction, non-fiction. Mm-hmm. My only thing... Yeah, biography, autobiography, historical fiction. Like, pretty mm-hmm. much anything. If it's kind Ex- of the right thing. I was about to say, I except. Don't know. Like, is there anything where the you're The one like, thing that I have a hard time with is really hardcore fantasy okay where like i've been some people a few people have recommended books that are very they're very intense right from the get-go so they sorry
0: we have a bunch of dogs just running (laughs) through i'm sure you've seen them all on the camera but we're trying to wrangle them out of there hey buddy get out of
1: here oh my goodness i'm sorry oh no you're good you're good they're
0: coming out okay perfect thanks, all right, hardcore fantasy though is yeah. uh, is a no-go
1: yeah, when from the very first page when it's all these words I don't understand and all these concepts that are specific to the world of the book, I have a hard time doing that. you know other a lot of fantasy will kind of ease you in or they explain things one by one. I'm a very, very. I, I really love Harry Potter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So
1: that comes to mind of like Harry Potter is very good. I feel like at easing you into the world, partly because that's part of the story. But there's a lot that's specific to to that world. But I never felt overwhelmed. Like I didn't mm-hmm. understand things. And there have been some that I've tried to read that are just really a lot right from the beginning, and I just can't. Really that's stick how I felt about. That.
0: That's how I felt about Dune. Dune was awful.
1: I yes. I couldn't get into that so one. So bad.
0: I yeah. was just like, I don't have no idea. And then there's like a like a glossary or like an yeah. index in the back. And it's like, That's if you don't understand it, reference kind of a it in the back. red I'm like, flag for yeah. me. Yeah, I'm like, no. If,
1: <laughs> if the book has a glossary like that yeah. <laughs> or an index, yeah. yeah.
0: No, that one was rough. Not a big fan of that one. So I, yeah. yeah,
1: okay. The movie was great. But yeah, I had a hard time was getting good. into the book. Yeah, not
0: great. But this week's book is The Last Lecture. Yeah. And what were your initial thoughts about the book. Did you like it?
1: I really liked it. I actually was excited to read it because I remember my parents listening to it years ago on a car ride. They had it going and I was pretty young. So I just kind of caught pieces here and there. But I remember being impressed even as a kid, (laughs) which I thought was kind of funny. And so I was excited to actually read it and read it as an adult. Um, I really liked it. I Mm -hmm. wish that I could meet the author. Yeah. I think he sounds like a really cool guy.
0: He has done a lot with his life. I mm-hmm. feel like for one person, like mm-hmm. it was almost a little intimidating mm-hmm. because I yeah. think a normal person who would write like a last lecture kind of ish book would be like, I did some of the things I wanted to do, but not all yeah. of them. This dude literally like lived the life well, he wanted were, to like, they checked were it great off.
1: things too. Like they yeah. weren't small. They weren't typical. I feel like they were very kind of out there, big, fun, mm-hmm. impressive things. Mm-hmm. And he managed to accomplish it. Yeah. If I, hopefully when I'm his age, it'll look a little different. But if I were to give a last lecture now or read a book like this now, it would not be very impressive. Yeah.
0: So So. I really, I really, really liked his topic though that he chose. So the premise Mm -hmm. of the book, for those who haven't listened to it or read it or anything, it is a guy who's, and it's a true story. Mm -hmm. So it's a guy who gets diagnosed with, what's it? It Pancre- starts as
1: pancreatic and then turns into liver cancer.
0: Yeah. yeah, and he's given six months to live, essentially. And he's got kids that are it's like eight, four, and one, or something like that. I think six. Seven. Oh yeah, six.
1: Two and one, or something. Yeah, like something. Yeah, like yeah. That. Young, young, young kids. Young.
0: And a wife, and he basically decides that he wants. And he's a professor at King? Carnegie Mellon. Carnegie Mellon, that's the one.
1: Yeah.
0: Man, <laughs> that's so sad. I'm like, I can't even remember got these basic a lot of books things. Going. I know. Well, and, like, right now, next week's book is Outliers. Oh, And yeah. I feel like the they go really well, like, together. Yeah. okay. And so now when I was thinking, I, like, had to put Outliers down and then come back to this You're book and be like, okay, them. I was like, yeah, I got to, like, separate them in my head because yeah. they're very similar. Yeah. But, yeah, so he goes to Carnegie Mellon, or he's a professor there, and he's asked to give a lecture, and he decides to make it kind of this big lecture that is going to be kind of a legacy that he can Mm -hmm. leave for his kids um, and kind of everything that he's learned in life and what he would like to pass along to his kids. So Mm -hmm. he takes it kind of more personal than just a standard lecture at a university. And then after that, he goes and writes this book with the help of somebody else that kind of expounds on his lecture that he gave. Mm -hmm. So quick summary, but the title of his lecture that he gives, he titles it. What I should have written this down. Like chasing your, I think achieving your achieving dream, your
1: childhood dreams, achieving
0: yeah. your childhood dreams. Do you think that was like a a good topic? Or
1: yes, if, actually, when I if I heard that just on campus or something, I I would kind of think it's a little bit funny, mm-hmm. interesting, but maybe a little bit odd. But when he explains where it came from, and then he actually, you actually learn about his life. It's a very good topic and very interesting. I like that he thought that that's what he feels like is unique about him. That's what he, where he said it came from. He's like, lots of people are professors. Lots of people have families. Lots of people are diagnosed with cancer. Like, what is unique about me? Why would I, what would I want to share with people that's different about me? Why would they want to listen to me? And he realizes that he has accomplished a lot of those childhood dreams, which again, they were great dreams and very impressive yeah. That he did that in the, such a, you know, half of a lifetime.
0: I don't know. It might be mine. It's fine. You can't, I don't think you can hear it on this. Okay. I, I think that's why, <laughs> I think that's why I paid so much money for these dumb bikes. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, so what did you think was his most impressive childhood dream? Because I, the Imagineers that was one so cool. comes to
1: mind pretty quick. Also the NASA riding in the, yeah. the zero gravity plane. That was pretty good because... Not a lot of people do that. And where even though his students got to do it, he wasn't supposed to be included. And then he found a way kind of around that role and got in there. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, he did a lot with his job Yeah, that related to things I would not have expected. So he was a professor of computer science and focused on virtual reality, which is a cool topic, but not one that I could see him using to accomplish a lot of the things on that list. But he he yeah. managed to do it anyway, a lot of times through that career. Yeah. So,
0: it was really neat the way that he was able to do that. Cause he was able yeah. to like meet Spock and like yeah. have a whole day that was with him cool too. and like a relationship yeah. where he's like texting him later. Mm-hmm. He was able to be an Imagineer yeah. and like design roller coasters at Disney. And just just
1: for a short amount of time, like after being an academic, which was super unusual. And then I think it said that he consulted, he was like a once a week consultant for them for like 10 years. Yeah. Which again, is <laughs> also not very common. Yeah. So.
0: No, that was super cool. Yeah. So while reading this book, did you think about any of your childhood (laughs) dreams? Because that's what always kept in mind. I was like, well, what were my childhood
1: dreams? I thought less about my childhood dreams and more about how bad I am at making and keeping my goals. Oh, really? Yes. Because in my mind, that's kind of, I mean, their childhood dreams and well, and I lamented my lackluster imagination. Um, I was like, well, where did that go? did I ever have it? I'm not sure, but no, I feel like they're dreams, but in order to accomplish them, right. They're kind of goals like you (laughs) and you, he kept them in mind, even though
0: his life changed,
1: his life changed a lot. They were always, I think, kind of there in the back of his mind. At least that's what he made it sound like. And I just, I don't know what it is, but I do not like goals. Maybe I never (laughs) accomplished them. I don't know what it is, but. The idea of a goal to me is very, limiting isn't the right word, but I feel like once I have it as a goal, it loses its appeal or I lose my motivation to accomplish it, which doesn't make any sense and is probably a personal problem I need to work on. But <laughs> yeah, even though, but but then there's that kind of that um, other side to it, which if is that if you don't focus on things and make them goals you're less likely to accomplish them. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure where that leaves me. But, but so I was just thinking that whole time, like, man, he's really good at this, of yeah, of making these goals and keeping them and focusing on that. And I just was kind of...
0: I feel like you're a pretty accomplished person though, right? Uh, like there are things I feel that... Like, like what did you want to be? What, like what did you want to do when you were a kid?
1: Um, I wanted to be a teacher for a while. Okay. Um, I wanted to be a violinist. I would still. I'm still hoping. More recently, like with school and things like that, I want to do something where I travel a lot. Okay. And um, probably do something with, you know, government work, kind of a thing with like different countries, international policy type related. Mm -hmm. Which I, I still feel like that one could be on the table. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I mean, it's still a dream I'm working on, but
0: the violinist, you accomplished that, didn't you? Wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, for the most part. I was never like the the best. Yeah. That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be the best of wherever I was. Even if it was just the Idaho Falls Youth Symphony. Yeah. And I never quite got there. Yeah. Which is a little disappointing.
0: Yeah, I feel like that was kind of my biggest thing. But I think that was one of my biggest revelations from this book was growing up I always had pretty lofty goals. Mm-hmm. I I was... Just like him, pretty blessed with parents, you know, parents that were very supportive and, you know, wanted me to chase my dreams and things like that. So Mm -hmm. I always had pretty big goals. Like I, if I was going to say what my goals were growing up, it would have been probably one of my earliest goals that I can remember was being a Blue Angels pilot.
1: Oh, (laughs) yeah, that's
0: cool. (laughs) Which never accomplished that one. But...
1: Could you still?
0: Well, that's the thing is now after reading this book and he talks about... Kind of
1: roundabout could.
0: ways that he kind of accomplished his goal, what he mm-hmm. wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, and I was talking to Olivia. I was like, "There's maybe still a chance in my life, and it would be a hard, a hard <laughs> chance, like <a> very <laughs> small chance." But there are people that ride with them. You know what I mean? Oh, and, and like, yeah, go like on like flights with them, and so that they're they're not the pilots, but they could still do everything. That would
1: still count, especially and that by was, his definition. And by his yeah. definition,
0: that would totally count. Mm-hmm. You Know so I was like, that one I could still maybe do. That's cool. I'd have to, I don't know, small miracle meet some people that <laughs> can get me in still some doors, out there. Still but on the still table. on the table. Okay, um, the Olympics was always one of yeah. mine, which got so close. Which, yeah, I kind of by his definitions, I, I still would say feel you. like because one of the things that I really liked about his book was when he talks about like. He talks about how the experiences to getting to the goals were, was the more important mm-hmm. part than the actual goal itself. Yeah. And he's like, he talks about how, like what you learn and who you become on getting to that spot is really the the most important part. Right. And I feel like that's what I got out of speed skating was kind mm-hmm. of that, you know, the the experience of, I mean, I was able to, you know, train for five years with everybody who went to the Olympics you like I was in right that there environment you were yeah. in that those I mean circles. all of my friends I mean I was doing the same workouts as all of those guys the same coaches the same mm-hmm. you know so it was it was really cool to mm-hmm. like kind of be that and have that experience in my life and that would that would be one thing that I would say like I could I could check the box of not going to the Olympics but kind of being being like having the experience of you know, working hard to try to get to the Olympics, right. you know? Yeah. Like that, that's not one that I would ever say like I didn't, didn't try, you right. know? And I think right. that was more, one of the more, <laughs> like one of the cooler things about the book is that he doesn't necessarily talk about how he accomplished word for word all of his goals. Yeah, I like that. But he talks about how like he never stopped trying to accomplish mm-hmm. his goals and kind of the results along the way
1: mm-hmm. that especially, made it feel like that. Yeah, especially like with the NFL one. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he never made it to the NFL. But he, I feel like that was his his lamest accomplishment. His lamest accomplishment. But he does pull a lot out of the experience. He didn't even, I mean, like you in the Olympics, like you said, you were in that environment, you were with those people. He never even made it that far as far as the NFL goes. But like you were saying, he um, got, he pulled a lot out of as far as he did get, which Mm -hmm. is kind of the focus. And like you said, I like that too, that he's not so hung up on. That's super specifics, mm-hmm. but gets really close. Hey, get out.
0: Dang kids. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to keep her out of it and like mm-hmm. not say her name and not um, have her on and stuff like that. So yeah, we're going to have to cut that for sure. But I'm trying to think where we were, but I'll just segue then instead of where we were. Um, for me, I think, well, so yeah, so that was one of my goals. Speed skating, going to the Olympics was one of my goals. Having a family and moving to Alaska is one of my goals. Mm. So, if Olivia is listening to this I can't episode, you can't really support that. Last you one. Really support. <laughs> no. no. So, I mean, there's still a chance of that one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, hopefully. And if Jamie's listening to this one, she's going to be like, upset. She's gonna be like, no, you can't move to Alaska. We're
1: on the same team on that.
0: I think there's a lot of people on Team Idaho. <laughs> And there's a couple people on Team Alaska. But I mean,
1: it would be cool for me to come visit you. Know, yeah, see, you just said you to want happen. to travel all the time. I do want to travel. But, I mean, it's one thing to travel to Alaska. It's another to have you live there the whole time, all the time.
0: You can just come up every year. See, the best I'll, time of the I'll year, the summers.
1: It. I'll think about it. Yeah.
0: So that was definitely a goal. That one's still on the table. Yeah. Um, then I wanted to be a doctor. Oh, I know. I
1: didn't know
0: that. Uh, no, not a lot of people do, and I missed the boat on that one pretty hard. But that I, one's. But I think it's hard to go back to. <laughs> if I think back on it, I think the thing that I wanted from being a doctor, yeah. was more of the. Like I used to think the doctors, because there was a doctor that we knew growing up. He wasn't actually even a doctor. He was an endodontist, oh. and he worked two days a week, and oh. he just played. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really what I wanted out of being a doctor It's like it's I wanted manageable. the flexibility, mm-hmm. the lifestyle of being like really involved with family as well as like being, you know, financially able to, you know, have fun and take care of your family, mm-hmm. but also not having to do the the normal nine to five. Right. And so if I have to think about it, like really that's what I was going after. I didn't want to be a doctor for like any of the, the medical, the, side. The, the noble reason. Like the I want to help people. people side of things. <laughs> I was more of like a, there's a dude I know who only works two days a week and plays. So yeah. I want to do that. So I could say like, I think of, I've kind of accomplished that. Yeah. Like my schedule allows me to like really be flexible and
1: that's nice. provide
0: for my family. So I would say I'm kind of close on a lot of the goals, yeah, which is kind of fun. Like that just is kind cool of like looking thinking through my about life. That, yeah. Really, I think the hardest one is going to be the Blue Angels. That mm-hmm. one's going to be rough for sure. Now
1: that I know, I support it. We're going to make it. We're yeah. going to make it happen. So if you
0: know anybody one that, day. that flies <laughs> jets just... for the Navy,
1: <laughs> oh shoot. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, but although with that one being hard, I think that's also one thing that I think that was probably the most important part of the book for me personally was when he talks about walls. So. Mm. Mm-hmm. um I wanted to read this quote and then kind of talk to you about it. But he says, brick walls are there for a reason. Brick walls. And he's talking specifically about like hurdles to get to accomplish your challenge or your goals. And he says, brick walls are there for a reason. Brick walls are not there to keep us out. Brick walls are there to give us a chance to show how badly we want something because brick walls are there to stop the people who don't want it badly enough. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the most important part of the whole book.
1: Right. I The whole book so overall, when I think about him and and just his life that he's sharing with us, the the word old-fashioned comes to mind okay, in the best way. it which sounds odd, but I just think the the stories he tells and especially like the way that he grew up and then how he interacts with people, you know, as an adult. And of course, this was a little while ago. um I think it was published like two thousand and eight, something like that. yeah. So it is a little bit older. But not, still not that
0: old though. I mean only right, like 12 years. Not
1: that old. And so fascinating. An I'm like <laughs> it's not that old. I'm not that old, right? <laughs> no. Um but the way yeah, anyway, the way that he is and talks and the things that he's sharing just makes me feel like it makes me think that people don't do things like that anymore. People mm-hmm. don't talk that way. They don't interact with other people that way and the, the reason I'm talking about this is because you're saying, you know, he liked that these he was talking about these brick walls. And so another big thing I drew from the book was that he worked really hard. You mm-hmm. know, he, he kind of alludes to it a little bit or talks about it a little bit, but not as much as I think, you know, not as much as he should based on what he accomplished and mm-hmm. the fact that it probably was really hard. And it was a lot of work. And the way that the only reason he was able to accomplish some of these more outlandish goals was because he worked really hard to be in a position that was kind of a big deal as Uh you know in his field and Carnegie Mellon's pretty good school and he was (laughs) like I think at the I think at the time he was probably at some of the forefront as far as like virtual reality stuff goes technology goes I
0: mean he consulted for star trek and for right. disney so right like, I he mean- was
1: pretty he was in a pretty high up position and <laughs> so but i'm like you don't get there without working really hard and i feel like again people just don't work like that anymore i don't know it just seems very he seemed very old-fashioned again, old-fashioned in a way that i love and i miss a little bit i wish i always think i was born in the wrong time but
0: yeah i do too <laughs> why do you think that is though because i feel like I don't know. Me personally, I relate to him pretty well. I don't know. I, I really mm-hmm. liked everything because yeah, I think as a person, I kind of gravitate towards that. I'm one of those people that set set goals and like setting goals. <laughs> and then I also don't get discouraged very often. Oh. like
1: Which I mean, he didn't either. No, so that's like he just kind of keeps going skill. and, you know, yeah. he
0: just is like... I don't know. Again, he's like brick walls there to keep people out who don't want it badly want it. enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of how I feel about a lot of things. Like if I even think about this podcast, I think you know, obviously, it's not where I'd like it to be as far as like viewership <laughs> and everything like that. Early days, it is. But I've had a lot of people come up and talk to me and be like, "Like, how long are you going to do that for? Like, what do you like? What are your goals? Like, what are, you, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Like, how long have you been doing it? That's a long time already." And in my mind I'm always just like no like yeah. I'm just going to keep doing it till it works like I don't even care yeah. and like if you don't if you don't keep doing something you'll never accomplish the thing that you go out to accomplish with like people right. are so quick to give up if they don't have that instant success and
1: Exactly.
0: I don't I just don't know where that comes from cuz me personally like to me I just don't get it. I'm like if I gave up on everything I've ever tried right now again I would be a PE teacher. <laughs> And I would be just like, I wouldn't do any, not not that there's anything wrong with a PE teacher, but that was kind of where I originally thought I wanted to do. Like I was like, you know what, I was going to school to be a PE teacher and that's what I was going to do. And then I was like, you know what, I want to do something different. And what I wanted to do was like really hard. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to have the flexibility of my own schedule and my own life. Mm -hmm. And so I've just never stopped working at that through failed businesses, through successful businesses. And so I just relate really well to that. So I don't understand yeah. kind of the other side of it. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. to me is like, if you want to accomplish anything, obviously it's going to take you know time. If it wasn't worth accomplishing, everybody would, you know, if, everyone would, everyone do, everyone it. would yeah. do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. everybody would have a career where they make, you know, tons and tons of money and, right. and rarely work. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> like that's the dream, obviously. Yeah. So like, where do you well, think that comes from?
1: Well, I like to think that I'm a hard worker, even if I haven't accomplished as much as he has. But um, part of it, I think, like you said, is that a lot of times now we get this instant success or instant whatever. Um, I think a lot of it comes from to, it, I think it depends on how you grew up, how okay. your parents reacted to things. Um, like he said, his parents pushed him, they supported him, they fostered that, you know, imagination and that kind of a thing. And I think if your parents were quick to let you quit things or, um, he kind of mentioned the whole like, uh, participation trophy, he doesn't say (laughs) it in that way, but basically like trying to validate their kid every step of the way. Which you don't want to be mean to your child.
0: No, there's a balance <laughs> but, for sure.
1: But also, yeah, you don't. They you shouldn't be rewarded for nothing. I think that pushes, I don't know, maybe I'm going to get a lot of hate <laughs> for this philosophy of, for kids I don't even have. But um, I think, yeah, sometimes we do try and validate. Well, maybe validate is not the right word. But yes, try and make you feel good about everything all the time when really it's okay to feel a little bit discouraged, a little bit disappointed and think because in a way that's going to lead you to work harder and to
0: mm-hmm.
1: get better at things i don't know
0: no i would have totally agree with that because i think i think most people who maybe aren't successful or are jealous of people who are successful mm-hmm. they think that successful people just are motivated 100 of the time mm-hmm. and that's definitely not yeah. true like successful people don't think the entire time this is going to work this is going to work this right. is going to work successful people just don't quit right and so and obviously there's a time to quit some things if it's failing Mm -hmm. you know but you they don't quit early that's what i would say instead Mm -hmm. so like again i i don't every morning wake up and think you know i love all of the businesses that i do and i love all Mm -hmm. the ventures that i've ever gone on you know there are definitely days where i'm like i hate everything that i (laughs) do i don't want to do any of this anymore nothing's working and like a lot of times nothing is working but it's the people that continue stick to it. stick with it mm-hmm. that always work. And I think that's kind of the the misconception. is People yeah. are like, well, I'm, I'm just not positive like that. Or I just don't think like that. And most people don't. Nobody thinks like yeah, that. Nobody's right. 100% of the time like, oh, I'm always successful. It's that, right, Which is why I think the participation trophies are so bad. Because, again, you shouldn't think you're always successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, that's what motivates still, you. To- you should still think that it's possible, though. That's yeah. the difference.
1: Yeah. I also think time is a big factor. Like he talked a lot about that and I loved the way that he just that he went about it. Cause obviously time is something on his mind with only six months left to live. Mm -hmm. Um, but he was saying that he's always just been good at, at maximizing his time and, and using it wisely. And I think that is a big thing too now where a lot of my time I would say is wasted. Yeah. (laughs) Scrolling, scrolling or just
0: rewatching tv shows yeah or i do that
1: constantly yeah i i'm trying to think like how and and i we just have a lot more going on now i feel like maybe i'm making excuses or (laughs) just (laughs) trying to make myself feel better but it seems like there's a lot more going on and it's draining Mm -hmm. and so then i feel like i use my time poorly i don't have the energy for the time that i have left to use it wisely And so I, I've been thinking about this lately where I need to find a better balance just because yeah, there's things going on all the time. People need things all the time. People can reach me when they need things all the time. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I really liked the way that he talked about time, time management, being smart about it because ultimately, like he said, that's basically all we have Mm -hmm. is our time and how we use it and what we do with it. So I wonder if that's factor too. Is we've just gotten because there are more more options too. Maybe there's mm-hmm. more things you can do, and so you're you're you use that time less effectively. I don't know.
0: I know. I keep getting again. I keep getting this book and Outliers all mixed up mm. because Outliers mm-hmm. talks a lot about ten thousand hours. That's mm-hmm. kind of the mm-hmm. section that I was in and I was reading yesterday. Yeah, and it takes ten thousand hours to be a master of anything. It's basically what he comes to, and he says that you know essentially the people who become professionals and become the best at their craft it's not that they're gifted and they can skip the 10,000 hours it's that they put in the 10,000 hours earlier than most people mm-hmm. so instead of reaching 10,000 hours at age 30 they reach 10,000 hours at age 20 mm. in their craft and because of that they're just associated at an earlier age with you know more advanced people and that's what does it and he says it's all about time management like as yeah. a you know as a 2 year old as a 5 year old you're spending you know 4 hours a week practicing the violin you know and then as a 6 year old you're spending you know 6 hours a week or practicing the violin it's like by the, the people that really make it by the time they're 18 they're spending mm-hmm. 30 hours a week and it's like they just manage their time in a way that allows them to accomplish the goals that they want to yeah whereas if you just are somebody who reaches 10,000 hours when you're you know 30 or 40 it's different it's different because you're not with the people who are, you know,
1: do it, do it earlier in,
0: yeah. in age. So it was interesting, kind of the overlap between the two of yeah. those.
1: And that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I kind of saw that growing up. Mm-hmm. So
0: Saw that with the violin.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I would say, and Olivia, this wouldn't kill me if we did an entire episode without not talking about it, because that's oh, what boy. she was like. She was like, Claire's amazing. Oh, know, Claire is amazing. So <laughs> for anybody listening, Claire's amazing. But I wanted to kind of tie in both of those things with, you know, kind of overcoming walls as like mm. something that needs to be developed, especially at an early age. Yeah. And kind of your, your story of kind of overcoming some of those walls. Cause I feel like most people would have quit the violin, right? Yeah. Would you have said? I would.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say that. Yeah.
0: So at what age did you start playing the violin?
1: Um, I think I was four, three or four. I think okay. it was four. Did I you was always,
0: just... did you always love it?
1: I don't remember not loving it. Okay. <laughs> um, so I would say yes. There mm-hmm. was maybe some, maybe some of the earlier years, my mom kind of had to force me that I can't remember. But yeah, I would say so.
0: And you said that was one of your childhood goals. You wanted to be good at the violin,
1: right? Yes, I wanted to be a, a concert violinist. Okay. Yeah, and I-, I was just a crazy kid, and so my mom was like, "You need, <laughs> you need something to occupy yourselves. Let's give this a try." and
0: violin stuck. Picked
1: very well. Yeah. Nice.
0: And so you played violin from 4 Mm-hmm. And then you kept playing and then eventually you got into an accident.
1: Got into an accident.
0: So explain what happened.
1: I was in an ATV accident and it crushed my left hand, which is the hand you need to play the strings on the violin. So that was kind of a big deal. <laughs> um.
0: So it tipped over and then your hand got... So it
1: tipped and my hand got crushed under like the roll bar on top. Okay. So, uh, so it's it was like, like a side by side? By side. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. were like
0: gripping the roll bar and then it crushed I the must
1: end. have, yeah. I actually don't totally remember. I think I've just... What, a, what age were you? I was 13. Wow. Um,
0: So this is kind of like, again, moving back to outliers, this is like the pivotal age for people. Oh, That's what he really? says. Yeah, so he says like earlier, um, again, you have to be still active in accumulating those hours while you're young. But he says between like... I think he says between eleven and fourteen is really mm-hmm. when kids make the big jump between allocating more and more time to it, between showing when they're going to become like, like top, they're really top tier, go. or just kind of float through the middle.
1: So that's really interesting because then I would say um I, mean, I feel un- like I can say this because I'm not ever gonna be good, like that good anymore. But I would say I probably was going to
0: do really well, do
1: really well. Cause just, you know, like a couple of weeks before the accident happened. So I was going in, it was the summer before my, um, before eighth grade and we had just gone in and talked with like the principal and the school counselor. I went to like a smaller school. So we talked to them and we had arranged it so that I could leave school early so I could practice more. So I was Let's practicing see. several hours a day at that point like two or three hours a day.
0: So you were right there. I mean, according to Malcolm Gladwell, you were right there with the support of parents at the support at the right time Uh to where. I just
1: switched. I was just with a new teacher Mm -hmm. or I was just about to switch to a new, more advanced teacher Mm -hmm. or like that was kind of in the future because I had been with a really great teacher who I feel like really got me up to where I needed to be to, to accomplish that kind of a thing. And then there was another teacher we had all kind of talked about me eventually switching to.
0: Yeah. Cause he talks about how, and again, I, I know I'm bouncing back and forth between books, oh. but it's, it, they they relate really well yeah. because he talks about how it's not so much about people with natural talent. Again, it's people who at the right times in their lives have right the right time. amount of support to like allocate the right amount of time mm-hmm. and attention. Interesting. So like, regardless of your talent level, yeah, you were at the right time in life and at the right amount right of level. interest yeah. and practice to where you could have been on that trajectory.
1: Hmm. That so is interesting. Very interesting. I mean, like you
0: really could have. Yeah. Gone and accomplished your childhood I, dreams. I
1: could see it at that point. I could really see it. Mm-hmm. I think, and maybe I just say that because you know it's in hindsight, but I, 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 I do mean, feel like at that point, like I was kind of surprising myself just with you know, I kind of suddenly had that revelation of, I can't really play this. And this is actually more than just, you know, my after-school hobby. This isn't something that I just do for like 30 minutes or an hour, you know, uh-huh. like it's getting really serious. And I really loved it. Like I, they talk about the, um, like you hear talk about the flow state. Uh-huh. I totally, like that is what I was doing uh-huh. when I would practice. Like I would just get lost and Time would pass, and I would have no idea. Even for things like just scales, like scales warming up, like I, I even loved that part of it. Like mm-hmm. I just, yeah, would get lost. Um And anyway, yeah. So you were thirteen. No, you yeah, were yeah, in all the no, no, Yeah, yeah. I was this. in that time. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. So that's and really you rolled it, and then you crushed I your. Rolled it, I crushed my left hand, um and it was pretty bad. So I wasn't, you know, after surgeries and physical therapy.
0: How many do you know? Like how many surgeries and six just on your hand,
1: just on my hand. Yeah. Okay. Um, so after all that, the whole time I was thinking about the violin, like that was my, one of my first thoughts after, you okay. know, while we were waiting for the ambulance, I thought, Oh my gosh, I didn't practice enough. And this is punishing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was one of my first thoughts was how is this? Like, what am I doing about the violin? Like that's still a factor here. Mm-hmm. what what a, what are we gonna do this is this doesn't sound good for the violin <laughs> this doesn't seem good for the violin in my prospects there um so that was still very much like on my mind um so after the surgeries and physical therapy um I just was like we're gonna make it work I just loved it so I that just that really was the did wall, right Your that hand. was the wall Yep. Okay. yep
0: and so how did you get around that or how did you get over it um around walls you know, <laughs>
1: It'd be great if we could go around. Um, We tried. So I lost. They had to revise one of my fingers, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. cut it off. (laughs) But we like their medical term of revise. And then one finger is missing a knuckle. um, And the other fingers work okay, but not perfectly. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we tried to get a prosthetic finger for that one that they had to revise. And that just wasn't working. Like It just wasn't great. It wouldn't. It wasn't functional enough, and my other fingers weren't working well enough either to make that feasible. So we were just thinking about it, talking about it, and everyone. When you learn the viol- when you learn how to play the violin, you learn playing the strings with your left hand. It doesn't matter if right. you're left-handed, right-handed. Doesn't matter. That's the way everyone learns it. I'm not sure why. I probably should know <laughs> by now. <laughs> I think it maybe has something to do with playing in an orchestra. So you're all facing the same way, and you're facing out. I don't know. Um so we started thinking and I had a super supportive violin teacher at the time. Well, yeah, just she's and family and, and family. And yeah. 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 But whole. my violin teacher was really great. Cause she just embraced whatever we, she just had that same thought of like, yeah, what are we going to do so you can keep playing? Like it wasn't a thought that I would stop. And so we decided to try switching it. So I would play the strings with my right hand, which was still functional. Um, and it worked and yeah yeah, it was um I mean it was ugly at first (laughs) they uh and I I taught violin lessons in high school and kids their violins are small and so they're just sound bad anyway and then the kids aren't great because they're just (laughs) learning every kid sounds bad and so I remember you know, later hearing these kids play in high school, I was like, man, that is what I sounded like when I went back, when switching to the other side, like I had taken years and lessons, hours of practice, but I sounded horrible again when I started on the other side, but, but it worked and it, um, was hard, but at the same time, I feel like it wasn't as hard as it should have been. Like, I think that was kind of like a gift. I'm Mm -hmm. like, was like, okay, you're your dreams are kind of dead <laughs> and you've lost this thing that you really love. And you've had all these other hard things on top of it. So in my mind, at least it wasn't difficult. You know, it was hard to learn, um, to get your fingers to do what you wanted. They were slower. They weren't used to this kind of a thing. And so that was frustrating because my mind knew all these things that my fingers didn't. Um, but as far as like the actual, like me mechan- like the, yeah, mechanics of it kind of a thing like it was never confusing i guess mm-hmm. whereas a lot of people think that it was and it wasn't and so that's why i'm like i feel like that was kind of a gift where i was like have
0: you ever found any other what is it right-handed or left-handed violinists
1: oh right-handed um there's like a couple i think there's like one on youtube that does random things <laughs> nice um but not many And it's and when I would play in orchestras after that, like it was I was the only one like, yeah. So I've never actually met anyone Mm -hmm. who plays that way. Never talked to anyone who plays that way. I just we found like a couple random people online, but they're
0: really not really not
1: common at all.
0: But since your accident, then have you had any opportunities to do anything unique?
1: Yes. Um, So Jenny Oaks Baker is a big violinist. She's. Mm -hmm um, really good.
0: She was in like the national orchestra, wasn't she at one point?
1: I think at one point. Yeah. And she's made a bunch of albums and, um, I just really liked her even before this. So she came and played and I was able to play with her a song, which that was really cool. It was great to meet her and to do that. And which I think it was because of what I had accomplished that I was able to do that. And so without, you know, that accident and all that kind of thing, that never would happened. And also just to, to share that experience with people, um, of having to, to kind of get over that wall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause we all have walls. Yeah. And so that one was just a little bit more obvious. I feel like because mm-hmm. it was physical and then, you know, the, the whole violent thing. So yeah, it's been, I've been able to share it with a lot of people that again, I normally wouldn't have been able to talk to. And so that's been cool. And to have them share back things that they've walls that they've worked on to get mm-hmm. over. That's been cool.
0: Yeah, I would say if whatever his name is, the guy on the last lecture. Oh, guy, Randy Pausch. Randy Pausch. Yeah. yeah, if he counts being, <laughs> being, whatever Spock or no yeah. Captain Kirk, that's mm-hmm. who he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be Captain Kirk, um and he counts meeting him and helping him with virtual reality as checking that off of his childhood dreams. Yeah, I would count playing with Jenny Oaks Baker. Yeah. You know, as that kind of accomplishment of your goal. You know what I mean? Like,
1: you're right. I need you to got, look at it like he would look at it.
0: You got to do something that normal people, normal violinists would never get to do. Like a very unique, That's true. special experience. Yeah. Pertaining to something that you loved as a child mm-hmm. that you got to accomplish. So I would say that would be you're a right. goal from a, a childhood that you have yeah. actually accomplished. Like, if you were to write your memoirs, I would say totally accomplish that goal.
1: Okay. I like that. I didn't, yeah. And there was
0: like a wall to get over it. Like it wasn't just, you know, straight, easy, straight and easy all the way through. Yeah. you know, And I think that's for most people who really want to accomplish something. Like, again, there are some people who do, you know, one for one accomplish their goals, Mm -hmm. but I think more important is that you get to do something special with the goals that you set out to be. Yeah. So like, again, for me, the, the Olympics, like I didn't get to go to the Olympics, mm-hmm. but I had a very special experience with kind of my training and working with people and, you know, meeting Olympians and kind of having that mindset and yeah. learning from them that I would say, you know, that was special and yeah. I would never have accomplished that had I given up when I was, you know, 14 and mm-hmm. just been like, you know what, um, I, I'm done with this whole yeah. goal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just, I just don't want to do that anymore. So yeah.
1: I That's would say, true.
0: I would say you've definitely accomplished that one.
1: Well, thank you. That makes me feel so good.
0: Yeah, see, there you go. But let's see. A couple other themes from this book. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just reading through my notes here. I at one point <laughs> wrote down that I think that he kind of talks like Michael from The Office. You know that episode of The Office when Michael thinks he's having a baby with Jan and he makes oh. the, he makes yeah. the video <laughs> of him yeah. trying to teach things with, to Dwight and he's like, <laughs> Yeah. How to jumpstart a car? First, you put these ends anywhere on the engine. <laughs> <Anywhere>. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. Would, at one point I was just like, yeah, that's what that's yeah. what this book feels like for his kids, but yeah. with like somebody who's like actually intelligent. Not I was going to say Scott.
1: I love he was throwing out all these life lessons, but he had some. He just he always had great stories or like evidence, I guess, to back mm-hmm. them up. Mm-hmm. Which what. It's what was
0: really cool. Yeah, he was definitely a good storyteller. Mm-hmm. Like that was really good. Yeah. Um. One thing that I really liked that he said again, just kind of piggybacking off some of the stuff that we've already talked about. But he said the best shortcut is the long way, and it's just hard work. Mm-hmm. So, and then he talks about yeah. how hard work is like, um, it's basically like compound interest if you're like investing in something. Oh the yeah. The more the more you put into it early. Like the more mm-hmm. dividends you get later. So you can't just like work hard at something for, you know, just a little bit at the very end, you know, yeah. like procrastination. He was just saying like, you've got to put in all the hard work at the beginning and then mm-hmm. continue to work hard. But all of that work that you put in the beginning compounds with time.
1: Yeah. Well, he he said that too, kind of about fundamentals. He emphasized a few times that how important fundamentals are and that people kind of forget that they get distracted with the later, greater, more impressive things that only come once you have the fundamentals down. So yeah, that was kind of interesting. I also I just think that professors are really interesting people for the most part. Some uh, of them are, that's, are that's less a pretty, interesting. Some
0: pretty dud professors, but
1: I would say probably most of the most interesting people that I know are mm-hmm. professors. Really? So yeah, we have a family friend who is a professor, and he's kind of in a lot of ways like this, like this guy, like Randy, where just very, I just really like the way that they think. They're mm-hmm. just always thinking, they're always looking for opportunities to learn and they find them. And they find them in the most interesting, obscure places and they're able to to do something with nothing, I feel like. Like this guy, like he, not that he had nothing, but where he was able to accomplish all these kind of crazy things yeah. with whatever he had. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they just, I feel like, professors can have this mindset. And again, I feel like they're the only ones that I've found so far that can have this mindset Where and the opportunity, just the nature of their work, I think, provides opportunities. Like he said, like sabbaticals or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for just really interesting experiences and thinking about things in ways that most people don't.
0: Yeah, I don't know. So how do you think you developed that then?
1: I think part of it comes from... Just that they're exposed to constant learning. You know, I've only been out of school for like a year and a half, but I, f- I feel like I can tell.
0: Like you've stopped learning. Like
1: I've stopped learning. Even, if even when I try to learn, mm-hmm. I feel like I, it's not the same as when I was in school. You're just constantly exposed to, you know, doing things that are hard, synthesizing information, um, being exposed to, to new information, um, and other people who are, who are talking about those same things, and they're sharing their opinions, and you're sharing your opinion, and you're working with that. And I just think there are a lot of things in school that are, again, unique. And so, a professor, you have that your whole life. If I if I did not hate research as much as I did, <laughs> as I learned that I did, I would. I think it would be great to be a professor. I just think it's a really cool.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're very field. pro school then. You I'm like very school. pro school. Yes,
1: I, I realize that there are some people that it doesn't work for. And I totally get it. <laughs> you you made it work.
0: I hated school. Yeah. I hated school so much.
1: And and not that you can't like learn in other ways for mm-hmm. sure, but at least for me, and I think for some people, it provides yeah, it, it provides an opportunity that's hard to or opportunities that are hard to get in other ways.
0: Yeah, I think it it does kind of it puts you in a very opportunity rich environment.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: And I think that was one of the things with starting this podcast that I really was kind of missing or that I really wanted to accomplish was Mm -hmm. that, you know, continuous learning. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I wanted to get out of books. Like I wanted to learn how to teach myself new Mm -hmm. things and kind of push myself to put me into opportunities like, you know, that I could always take take advantage of. Because you know, the more you know, the more you more things that you can take advantage of. Well and the more
1: people you know. Yeah. That's another it's another environment where you're with so many people all the time, different people constantly mm-hmm. and i think a lot of that came like it showed in his book was a lot of ways he was able to accomplish things was through these connections he had made mm-hmm. and, you, and people that he knew like it was someone that he knew that was in this company and so mm-hmm. he but they had been a student of his or they had been a mentor and you know so he was you you're making these connections that then allow you to do a lot as well
0: yeah but those are all active you know pursuits like you have to like go out and you have to actively meet people you have to actively you know pursue learning other
1: ways and people don't take advantage of even when given the opportunity so yeah it definitely is still your own
0: Mm -hmm. but i think that's what initiative what's missing for a lot of people Mm -hmm. people just don't have that one a lot of people just don't have the time like it it is it is very i mean it's hard to when you've got a job you know nine to five that you have to support your family and then you've got Um, you know, family in of itself. Sometimes you're working one or two jobs just to, you know, survive. And then you've got, you know, kids and other obligations. I don't know about this, but yeah. It sounds like a lot of work. I mean, it's (laughs) a lot. Your kids are a handful. Oh, they are a handful. But I get it. Like, I get why people don't, like, continue to actively pursue their (laughs) childhood dreams. Like, No, you definitely
1: have to be very focused on it. And it's hard to do that when you have all these other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you have to... You have to make it a priority. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it pays like huge dividends. Like he yeah. says, like it is something that is worthwhile to make it more of a priority in your life than okay. I think a lot of people do. Well, like I've, I just know a lot of people who just kind of, I don't want to say like float by, but like are o- okay with
1: I've realized that not yeah.
0: progressing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like not going out and doing more and more and more. And it's not so much, I don't know, doing more and more and more, I always... It's kind of like ugh, at that maybe kind like of doing
1: differently.
0: Yeah, or doing what they want to do. You know what yeah. I mean? Like people are so okay just being told what to do and mm-hmm. not doing what they want anymore that they're just okay with that forever. Yeah, and it kind of makes me sad.
1: Well, and again, another thing that I'm envious of professors is they're getting paid to do what like they want. Yeah, what they want, what they're interested in, and to and to keep learning. That's mm-hmm. what their job is, and so they don't. I mean. I don't know what they do all the time with their free time, but like they're not having as much as other people to make the time, the extra time for, Mm -hmm. which I think is great. Anyway. No,
0: yeah, I can see that. So yeah, you gotta, I guess you gotta find something in your life that either gives you the flexibility to do that or
1: just be very intentional
0: with what you pursue.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it definitely is very easy to just give up, kind of do what you're doing and not really work to make it more.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, um, let's see, did this book at all make you rethink your priorities in life and kind of what you want to focus on? Like, was it a good yes. introspective book or would you say it was just more of a fun story?
1: I think it was both. It's definitely, like you said, it's a little intimidating, but also inspiring. And it makes me kind of want to to look again at, at what I'm pursuing. Am I pursuing anything really? Uh-huh. Um, and what is it? And is that what I want it to be? And if it is great and how can I keep working towards it? And if it's not, okay, then let's, let's change some things up. Let's do something differently. Yeah. It, it was a little intimidating, but also inspiring. And even in, like you said, like we talked about how I use my time and what I'm doing with my mind and that kind of a thing. So no, I thought it was great and just lots of great reminders of things that you kind of already know like like we said never like don't quit too soon mm-hmm. or um
0: the thank you notes the, gra- the thank you notes. The gratitude like there were lots yeah of, like, lots nuggets. of great
1: little things i'm still looking for a man and it's he said <laughs> to his daughter if just ignore everything they say and pay attention to what they do mm-hmm. i was like well, yeah like i kind of you kind of know that but mm-hmm. it's a great great reminder and to have someone spell it out for me yeah so yeah lots of good little yeah little things like that
0: and as sad as it is that obviously that he was diagnosed with cancer and everything mm-hmm. like that, I felt like it made his point very like urgent, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I like, mean,
1: it, yeah, It made it
0: like a timetable, like I don't, it made me feel a little bit more urgent about it. Like, Cause I, I, like I said, I relate really well to this book and I feel like mm-hmm. I, I do a lot in the book. Like, the thank you notes and stuff like that's Mm -hmm. my wife like she kills it with like the little notes and acts of kindness she's amazing with that kind of stuff I'm more of like the the goal-oriented side of the book Mm -hmm. I I felt like I really related to but kind of that you never know when your time's going to be up aspect of the book like really that's a great reminder I think people need that reminder like you just never know how many days you have left Mm -hmm. if you keep putting off you know the things that you want to do one day you're just not gonna be able to do them
1: right yeah totally
0: if you had to write a last lecture oh gosh did you think at all about what you were what you would write it about
1: i tried not to
0: you tried not to (laughs) um (laughs) or anything that you feel like you've really learned in life
1: because that
0: i don't know i was very introspective with this book i (laughs) i probably should have given you that that question (laughs) Before this, this is terrible podcast, that I wasn't, I you, like, but I was spot. kind
1: of like, I don't know why I was avoiding that. Like mm-hmm. I was trying not to be, mm-hmm. um, which is so silly because, cause yeah, ultimately I do wonder that what I would say. And I think a lot of it would be what he said and what we've talked about of just working hard. Yeah. That is just super important. Yeah. And I always think one thing I feel like I learned over and over again is it's a reminder to myself that I, I never know what's happening in other people's lives and, and to just try and keep that with me all the time. Mm -hmm. So in a way that's going to affect how I treat other people, not that I'm like (laughs) always super mean to everyone, but you know, you get impatient with people, you get frustrated with things, you get annoyed by things. And, um, cause a lot of, I've, you know, even with all the technology, I feel like we all still interact with a lot of people, hopefully. And, um, when I remember that, I just feel like it's, all, everything's always better. You know, maybe I'm able to learn from somebody or maybe I'm just making their day a little better. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just not making their day worse. You know, I feel like that's something that I learn over and over again is interacting with other people, the way I treat other people, it's very important. And, it needs to come from a place of, I don't know what they're dealing with or why they are the way they are. Maybe they have, um, liver cancer. They have six months left to live and they look super healthy, but really like you just don't, things know. are crazy in their life. And I mm-hmm. just don't know that. So I feel like that's one thing I would emphasize is just being kind to everyone mm-hmm. all the time. Cause you don't know what's, what's going on. Yeah. I don't know. I really should should think more about this, but like I said, I think it's a lot of what we've talked about of, of hard work and being more intentional. That's one that I feel like I'm learning more now too Mm -hmm. is that, yeah, you, there are a lot of options for what you do and, and how you spend your time and they're just kind of going to happen and pass you by unless you are intentional about them.
0: Yeah. I've thought about this a lot recently, Mm -hmm. not just from reading this book, but I actually had a.
1: You have cousin-
0: six months left. No, yeah, I have six months. No, I I had a cousin who um, her husband passed away, mm. like, in the night, randomly. Oh. Um, they have two kids, pretty young, and, I mean, we're literally the same age. So it was, like, cr- crazy yeah. that that all happened. And so between, you know, thinking about that and how short life is and you never really know, like, what's going to happen in your life and then reading this book and kind of seeing – you know, again, you never really know what what's, what's going to happen in life and and everything. So I've thought about it a lot recently. Like, mm-hmm. if I had to pass down one thing or what what it is that I want to pass down to my kids, I I think I would be very much along the same lines as this book. But I think again, I've thought about it a lot. So if I had to come up with like a title for my lecture, mm-hmm. it would be "You Can Do Hard Things," mm. and it would be just knowing that like doesn't matter what it is in life, but that like. You have the ability to do hard things, and I feel like a lot of people don't. I don't know if they don't if they sell themselves short quite a bit, you yeah. know, and think like, "Oh, I'm just not talented," or yeah. "Oh, I'm just not in do. a position that I can be successful," or "Oh, you know, they make excuses for why other people are are successful instead of themselves." Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's a million excuses out there, but ultimately, I think every single person can do hard things if they put their mind to it. And that would be ultimately, I think, what I would talk about most to my kids. Yeah. And if I could pass anything along, it would be, you know, don't be afraid to to, to do hard things. And I think it falls very yeah. much in line with this book, which is why I enjoyed yeah. it so much. Yeah. Because that well, really was you, his. It'll get
1: you to a lot of places. Yeah. And I th- again, he doesn't touch on it super specifically, but you can tell that that is kind of an underlying theme mm-hmm. for sure.
0: So if you had to rank this book on a scale of one to five for fun... And then one to five for importance, what would you rank it?
1: I would say a five for importance, just because okay. it really, it's a lot of, like I said, a lot of things that you think you know, but it's a great reminder, mm-hmm. especially when you only have six months left to live. Um, And maybe like a three or f- even a four for fun, because mm-hmm. even though it does have that sad overtone, he sounds like a really fun guy and he's <laughs> had a lot of really fun experiences. So I enjoyed reading about that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a, a fun read in a way. Yeah. It was unexpected.
0: Yeah. So I would give it also a five for importance. I think everything that he talks about in this, I think again, even if you know it, it's important reminders. Mm-hmm. Like this was a very Like he says good he loves book.
1: cliches, but he loves them for a read because they, you know, have a lot of applicability. Same thing. Like yeah. all these things. They're very important.
0: Yeah. And then I'd give it a four for fun because he's a very good storyteller. Mm-hmm. Like it was fun seeing parts of his life come together. And, like, talking about, you know, him as a young... Like, he was just very good at bringing out him as a child and then kind of bringing that... Continuing that throughout his whole life.
1: Yeah, he as an adult, even. Yeah, Yeah. like, he
0: was just a very, very good storyteller and lots of fun stories throughout the whole thing. Like, he did live a very interesting life. So, I definitely... I think I would give it a four for fun and a five for importance overall. So, I really enjoyed the book.
1: I did, too. I, I... I've been recommending it to a lot of people.
0: And it's a really short read. It is, yeah. It's quick and easy. It's not bad at all. Yeah. So let me see. make sure that I didn't have anything else here. I don't think I did. Oh. I really like this quote at the end. Um, And this kind of ties everything up together. And again, why I think that I really liked this book. But somebody asked him... Or asked the co-writer, because he had somebody help him write Mm it, um, why they think that the last lecture struck a chord with so many people, like why so many people enjoyed the book. Yeah, it became
1: really big. Mm -hmm, Yeah, the video of his lecture.
0: And he said that, the co-writer says that it's because we're all dying and Randy's fate is all ours. Mm
1: -hmm. So,
0: like we all have a limited amount of time. And it's kind of just a good reminder of that. And I think, again, that's why I liked it so much. Because I really... I think people can use that reminder in their lives. It kind mm-hmm. of kicks them up to the next year. So many of the self-help books and everything that you read are like, do this, 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 and this, and this, and you'll be yeah. successful. Whereas this one was more retroactively looking instead of yeah. like forward looking. And I think that that was kind of a f- a fresh way of, of thinking about mm-hmm.
1: things. Well, and it, it lets you kind of take what you want and apply it in mm-hmm. the way that you want. So it can... You can be really overwhelmed and try and change and do all these things, or you can just take one of the little reminders he gives you and you really see how it paid off for him and how it can pay off for you. Yeah. No, I liked it. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah. How was thanks it? Thanks for
1: having me. Not too bad.
0: Not too bad. <laughs> that's, that's what I was aiming for. Not too okay, bad. Okay. Awesome. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. So for anybody who's still listening to this episode of the podcast, um, thank you for listening. Please make sure that you like, comment, and subscribe to the channel if you're listening on YouTube. If you're on Apple or Spotify, please leave us a five-star review. And then we are still looking for guests. So if you're listening Mm -hmm. to this episode and you're like, hey, that didn't look, that looked not too bad. (laughs)
1: It's (laughs) pretty good, actually. (laughs)
0: uh, And you're interested in reading a book, we can read any book. Um, I'm open to suggestions. If you don't have any suggestions, I have a list of books, probably I think like 70 or 80 books long at this point. So I have plenty of books that we can choose from. Um, I'd love to... uh, Read a book with you and come on to the po- on the podcast. So yeah, thanks for it. listening.